0: Good morning, and happy New Year, and welcome to 2023 uh, edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with our uh, highly respected and and, uh, and uh, very very famous Christian author, uh, Doctor J.B. Hickson, who is with us again uh, this year and will be for the remainder of the year until the Lord returns. Uh, it will be with us on Tuesday mornings uh, to give some encouragement and some updates, and uh, we're looking forward to that this year, and uh, it's one of the few things we've got to look forward to this year, I think, but but we do look forward to it, and uh, JB, good morning. Uh, glad to have you with us again, and I'm certain that since our last uh, podcast that you've got some things to update us on concerning... Not by Works Ministries, uh, maybe speaking schedules, uh, things uh, that are going on at uh, Plum Creek Chapel. So, man, would you please keep us informed?
1: Well, good morning, Curtis. Boys, so great to be with you. Happy New Year to you! And uh, and by the way, I think you mispronounced "infamous" a moment ago when you said I was a famous author. <laughs> uh, but uh, but anyway, uh, no, we're delighted. I think the last time we spoke, I was up in Dallas at a conference, and um, yes, sir. And, uh, so it's it's been a while. And you mentioned that uh, we're going to be doing this Tuesdays. I think uh, you and I have talked and in the coming months. Right now, we're going to just stick to one uh, one time a month uh, for the time being, but hopefully soon we'll be maybe doing every other Tuesday or something like that. But uh, right now we're trying to do the first Tuesday of every month and I look forward to it. It's a great way to kick off the month with Christian Underground News Network and a great way in this case today to kick off the year. So uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, let me give a few updates here. Uh, First of all, I want to say a huge thank you to the Not By Works family uh, for all of your support and encouragement over the past year. We have some of the best listeners and best readers and uh, just the best uh, family uh, as far as our Not By Works constituency uh, that I can ever imagine anyone having. I mean, you guys are awesome. You send me great encouragement emails. You ask phenomenal questions. You challenge me to dig deeper into the word with your excellent uh, questions and comments. I love it when people send me uh, you know, information and links, and uh, they know that uh, we love to stay up to date on current events. And so people, when they come across news items, uh, they'll send them my way. Often we have already uh, seen them, but many times we haven't. And so I just want to say a huge thank you to not by works family here for all of your support. We couldn't do it without you. And God's been amazing this year uh, for our ministry, opening new doors and expanding our stewardship. And we just pray that we're able to continue to be faithful uh, with what He's entrusted to us. Also, want to say a huge thank you to my family, especially Wendy, my uh, wife and love of my life. She is just such an incredible uh, support and encouragement. And just uh, you know, we've been married uh, coming up on thirty-one years this year, and You know, just uh, thank the Lord for that incredible uh, gift. You know, Proverbs says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And um, I tell you, I found a great thing. And so I I just want to say I love you and thank you. And then, uh, yeah, you mentioned our travel schedule. We are so excited. Uh, Got one of the most, uh, I think, robust travel schedules that we've had in a while as the Lord opens doors. So always be sure to go to notbyworks.org and check out the events tab. On the left, you'll see it there. Uh, but our um, coming up uh, closest uh, event is going to be next month. In February, we'll be out in Florida speaking at a conference there uh, in uh, in the Orlando area. So you can check that out. Uh, that's uh, February uh, 18th and 19th, I believe it is, a Saturday, Sunday. I'll be speaking seven times on what is this world coming to. Uh, and we'll be talking uh-huh. about the spirit of the Antichrist and other end times related topics. So if you're in the Orlando area, check out our website click on the events tab, and you can learn more about that conference in uh, February. Uh, Then we've uh, got our usual uh, Mid-America Prophecy Conference. That's in May this year. In April, uh, I'll be up in the uh, Pacific Northwest speaking uh, four times at uh, Candlelight uh, Christian Fellowship, uh, and my great dear friend, uh, Pastor Paul Van Noy, uh, at that wonderful church. And then, uh, Uh, still filling out the summer at this point, but we're already confirmed uh, in October to speak in Texas and East Texas in the Tyler area. You can check that out at our website. And then of course, in December, we've been invited back to speak uh, again this year at the pre-trib conference. You know, that's where I was last month when we talked. I wasn't speaking this year or in 2022, uh, although I've spoken there several times before. Uh, But my good friend, Tommy Ice uh, asked me to speak next year. And uh, so, looking forward to that. So, uh, yeah, be in prayer as we continue to uh, do more uh, audio and video this year, uh, and continue to travel. And I'll be writing another book. I just—I'm uh, not going to say the topic yet because I'm not a hundred percent sure. But the Lord uh, used my wife, uh, as He often does, to put a great topic on my mind for my next book, the follow-up to the Spirit of the Antichrist two-volume series. And uh, so I really, uh, really am excited about that. I think you guys will be too. And so hopefully we'll have something to announce there in the next few months, but uh, definitely plan to uh, put out another book this year, uh, again, addressing, uh, uh, giving, you know, kind of some commentary and insights on this world uh, through the lens of scripture and uh, thinking about the end time. So uh, it won't be necessarily a part three of Spirit of the Antichrist, but same topic, uh, interacting with what's happening before our very eyes. So, uh, And then the last thing I want to mention before we jump in uh, today, Curtis, is um, I was excited to wake up this morning and see that Harbinger's Daily had posted an article I wrote yesterday in the top spot at harbingersdaily.com. So I encourage folks to, to check that out. It's called Turning God's Standard of Righteousness, upside down and it's a short read you can read it in two minutes and uh but it's a short devotional that they posted in the top spot at that wonderful website uh, so check out harbingersdaily.com and look for that uh, top story well, so I, with,
0: certainly, I certainly will check it out
1: awesome well uh so yeah I think uh, as you and I talked Curtis uh, what I'd like for us to to talk about today or focus on today uh is the rapture and yes. the reason I chose that topic, I'm going to call today's uh, podcast. Don't forget about the good news. <laughs> Don't right. forget about the good news. You know, I was on David Fiorazzo yesterday, and and it seems like, uh, it, and we talked a lot about just some of the troubling things that are going on in our world. Uh, it seems like that's what we talk a lot about is sort of uh, you know dissecting Satan's plan and the Luciferian conspiracy and all that's happening. Just so that we can be aware and uh, we can be sober and vigilant, like Peter tells us to be, uh, and recognize that our enemy, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion. So it's all perfectly biblical and it's important and it's what uh, is needed for such a time as this. But sometimes, in the midst of uh, sort of uh, analyzing Satan's plan, we can tend to forget about the good news. And so I just want to take some time this morning to walk through. Some key passages of Scripture that teach the doctrine of the Rapture, and I, I want uh, our listeners to focus on. And I'll point this out as we go through each one. How every time the Rapture is mentioned in any context in the New Testament, we see a word of encouragement, a, a word of hope, uh, a word of uh, you know comfort, and and so you know sometimes especially for you know end times buffs like you and me and those of us that love to study Bible prophecy, we, we might tend to think of the rapture in terms of, you know, a theological viewpoint to defend. And it is. Uh, it absolutely is a theological viewpoint that should be defended. In fact, I pointed out a uh, Sunday to uh, our uh, church at Plum Creek Chapel. By the way, Plum Creek Chapel had a fantastic year as well here in the Denver area. And uh, we praise God for what He's doing in our midst there. We are dealing with some space issues and trying to navigate how to deal with the extensive growth that we have experienced over the last year uh, and experience every, every week. But that's a good problem to have. But uh, uh, we, uh, when I was uh, preaching Sunday, I happened to mention that in First Thessalonians 4, which is the first passage that we're going to look at this morning on the podcast, Paul very plainly connects belief in the rapture with belief in the resurrection of Jesus right. listen to what he says in verse 14 i mean in verse uh, yeah first Thessalonians 4 verse 14 for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again and of course we do the the greek construction there when it says if is really since so in other right. words since we believe that Jesus died and rose again even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. And, he, and then he goes on to explain how that's going to happen at the rapture. So in other words, if you deny the rapture as so many people do, I mean, it, it's it's one of the most maligned doctrines of our day. And yes. that's a that's a fulfillment of prophecy in itself, in the sense of Second Peter three, which I also talked about yesterday. By the way, I encourage folks to to check out my New Year's Day. Message I said yesterday I meant Sunday sorry Uh, but yeah Sunday was New Year's Day and I spoke on uh, New Year's Revolution and we spent some time in Second Peter three in the book of Haggai and also in Hebrews but um, you know the Rapture is is maligned today by people they scoff at it Uh they think anybody who believes in the Rapture is foolish. And they just don't know the scripture. They may think they know the scripture, but they're blinded. And I hate to sound so harsh, but I found myself becoming more and more troubled by the things I see on the internet and the things that, that people email me because we do get a, a fair number of critical uh, emails and voicemails. Um, uh, you know, uh, so uh, you know, someone emailed me the other day and was very critical. This was before Christmas, so I guess it wasn't exactly the other day, but fairly recently. And uh, criticized not by works for uh, selling books, and so uh, you know I did what <laughs> I always do in that situation. I offered them a free book. Send me your address. I'll send you a free book. I mean we're yeah. we're yeah. not trying to get rich here. We just you know we want to get the message out. Unfortunately, it costs money uh, to you know to from the publishers to buy these books and and uh, wow. and ship them, and and so uh, we're we're certainly not in this uh, for the money as nor is anybody who's in ministry if they have their heart in the right spot um, but and we give away so many uh, resources but uh anyway we get a fair share of criticism but you know the more i hear criticisms of the rapture the more i just really want to uh, to you know aggressively point out how wrong that is because um you know there's so much misinformation out there uh from people you know lies that have been debunked again and again about you know the rapture is just a a made-up doctrine that somebody got in the 1800s and blah 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 no it's plainly taught in scripture in fact the word rapture is used in the greek it's called harpatsa oh yeah caught up in in, and in latin when the greek was translated into latin they used the word rapire or rapture so anyway um Know you know, so I'd always like to point out: listen, if you deny the doctrine of the rapture, you're denying the resurrection of Jesus. So just keep that in mind the next time you find yourself uh you know criticizing the rapture. But I suspect, Curtis, that most of our listeners uh certainly hold near and dear the doctrine of the rapture, understand how important it is. But in any event, we do tend to sometimes think of it as a doctrine to be defended rather than a message of comfort and hope. And so um You know, in 1 Thessalonians 4, which is, you know, the key passage where where God unveils this doctrine, which he elsewhere says is a mystery— Right. You know, meaning it's previously been unrevealed. It was never taught in the Old Testament, nor was the church age taught in the Old Testament. It's alluded to, it's uh, allowed for. In other words, the, the Old Testament, New Testament go perfectly together. It's not like the New Testament changes anything from the Old Testament. It just adds to it. But what we find is that, uh, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, the doctrine of the rapture was previously unrevealed. It's a new doctrine, right. new information. And, uh, and God used the Apostle Paul to give us uh, the details about it. So if we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, of course, 1 Thessalonians was uh, written uh, by the Apostle Paul. It was written, uh, it's the second letter that he wrote chronologically. He wrote it from Corinth on uh, the second missionary journey in the summer of 51. And he says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Now, the word for asleep here is uh, uh, the word koimaio, uh, ko- Koimao, and, uh, and it's actually a different word than the one we're going to talk about in a second. So, there's two different words in Greek that are translated sleep, but this one is just a euphemism for death. So, when he says, I don't want you to be ignorant about those who've fallen asleep, he's talking about their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who have died. Right. And he goes on to say, Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. So there, right off the bat, in the main passage that that unveils the doctrine of the rapture, we have a reference to hope. The the rapture gives us hope. And then he goes on to say, as we said a moment ago, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. In other words, the Lord himself revealed this directly to Paul. What did he reveal? That we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep, that is, those who are dead. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. In other words, when a person, a believer dies today, they go immediately to be in the presence of the Lord, but their physical body goes to the grave or uh, is burned up in cremation or is lost at sea or whatever happens to the physical body. But at the rapture, the physical bodies of all believers who are already in heaven will be reconstituted or resurrected from the graves and reunited in heaven in their glorified state. And so that's what he's talking about here when he says the dead in Christ will rise first, but notice what he says, verse 17, the verse that actually mentions the rapture says, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. So that word caught up, as we said a moment ago, is the word harpazo in Greek. It means to snatch away or to snatch out of harm's way, to rescue from impending danger. And, uh, and again, later it was translated rapere or rapture. And so uh, this is the, talking about the meeting in the air. Uh, this right. is completely distinct from the second coming. At the second coming, Christ comes all the way to the Mount of Olives. He sets up residence in the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem, where he rules and reigns the earth in a global kingdom of peace and righteousness and justice, having thrown off uh, the tyrannical rule of the Antichrist whom he casts into the lake of fire. So, um, so this is not that event. This is a meeting in the air. It's a rescue. Uh, but notice the last verse in First Thessalonians chapter four. Therefore, comfort one another with these words.
0: Yes.
1: So, you know, don't forget about the good news. That's I mean, right. Yeah, things are troubling, but these troubling signs all around us simply indicate that we're getting closer and closer uh, to the rapture, and that's comforting. Uh, yes, because For many reasons, we're going to meet the Lord face to face, the one who took our sins upon himself and died in our place at Calvary, so that anybody who believes in Him can have eternal life. We're going to meet our loved ones who've gone before us who know the Lord. We're going to leave this sin-stricken world and no longer be under the curse of sin. We're yeah. going to get our glorified bodies so that the aches and pains and physical maladies that we all experience are going to be no more. Uh, we will be in a place where there shall be no more weeping or tears or sorrow. So uh, it's it's an gr- incredible comfort. Even in the midst of such a time as this, these great last days of deception, a time when the spirit of the Antichrist is on the rise like never before, it's still a great comfort to think about this incredible reunion in the sky, the doctrine of the rapture. So I want to move on now to another key passage about the rapture, and that is actually something that took place historically prior to the uh what we just read in first Thessalonians. Remember, I, I told you that God revealed what we just wrote to Paul in 51 AD. Right. Well, let's back the clock up 18 years to the night that Jesus was betrayed in the garden yes. uh, on Thursday, uh, in 33 AD. Uh, and, uh, it was actually April the the, second uh, and, um, and of 33 A.D., Jesus is meeting in the upper room, celebrating Passover with His disciples. And it's a, it's a powerful section of Scripture that is revealed to us through the pen of the Apostle John in uh, John's Gospel, chapters 13 to 17. But, uh, you know, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. He institutes the Lord's Supper Uh, He calls out Judas as the one who would betray him. Judas leaves the room, and it's just Jesus and his 11 friends, and he knows that they are troubled. He knows that they're beginning to put the pieces together and see that their friend and Savior uh, and Lord is about to be brutally uh, crucified. And they didn't really want to believe it, and I don't think they really fully understood it until after it had happened. But within hours of what we're about to read, uh, within hours of what Jesus said that we're about to look at, uh, he was betrayed, tried before a kangaroo court, uh, you know, and and crucified. And so Jesus says this to his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. So right again, right off the bat, as, as he's about to tell them about the rapture, he talks about it in the sense of comfort. Don't forget about the good news. This is not just a theological treatise to defend. It is a personally applicable, powerfully comforting good news. And so he goes, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In other words, if you've trusted God to be a covenant-keeping, faithful God, you can count on me too. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Remember, he was about to go to the cross. He would be resurrected the third day. He would be seen by thousands for the next 40 days. And then he would ascend to the right hand of the throne of God. So here he is, uh, you know. It's 33 AD. He's about 37 years old, not 33, by the way. Jesus was born in the winter of 54 BC. Uh, so if you do the math, he was about 37 years old when he died. He'd been on earth for 37 years. He'd been with the disciples three and a half years. And then just a few weeks, 40 days or so, he's going to be gone. And where's he going? He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. But notice the next phrase if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and what? Receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Yes. Now, that is a veiled, and and quite frankly, not so veiled reference to the rapture. He doesn't explicitly give the details that Paul would later give under the inspiration of the Spirit, but it's the first reference really to the rapture anywhere on planet earth when the Lord himself talks about this reunion in the sky. And he does so in the context of great comfort and encouragement for the disciples. And it should be comforting, you know, for us as well. Yes. Now, let's go back to the Thessalonian epistles. We already looked at 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4. We're going to come back to 1 Thessalonians in a moment. But in 2 Thessalonians, which Paul writes, you know, right after 1 Thessalonians, he wrote them both from Corinth. Uh, in the summer of fifty-one, during his uh, second uh, missionary journey, and uh, he—it's kind of a follow-up letter to what he said in in his first epistle. And listen to what he says in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to Him, so He's. Talking about the rapture again, just as he had revealed to them in chapter four of his first letter, and he's kind of coming back to it. Whenever you see that, now, brethren, uh, right. it's it's a it's a transitional phrase introducing a new a subject, and so he says, let you know, if I could paraphrase, he says, let us let let me talk to you once again about the rapture that we mentioned in in First Thessalonians in my first letter. You know, so he says, now concerning this. I don't want you to be shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, mm-hmm. as though the day of Christ or literally the day of the Lord had come. Right. So what's the issue here? Well, the, his audience, the Thessalonians, uh, had been under the impression because of the persecution that was ra- ramping up that the great day of the Lord had already come the, the, the uh, tribulation period that the Old Testament prophets talk about, the overflowing scourge, the, the day of God's wrath. They thought it had already come, and they must be in it. And so he says, no, no, no. Uh, I told you this already. Let me remind you. You cannot be in the day of the Lord if you're still here, because several things have to happen before that, and those things haven't happened. Among them, uh, the unveiling Of the Antichrist, the man of sin, he has not been revealed, verse 3 goes on to tell us. And that's the word apocalypsis, or the the verb, uh, uh, apocalypto is the actual verb. Uh, He he hasn't been revealed. So since you you haven't seen uh, the Antichrist unveiled and all the other things that are associated with the seven-year tribulation, obviously you're not in the day of the Lord. So don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. I promised you, and God promised you, that you're going to be rescued before uh, the great day of the Lord. And we're going to look at those passages in just a moment from First uh, Thessalonians. But I just wanted to point out yet again, in another key rapture passage, we see this reference to don't be troubled. You know, they, they Paul says that don't be troubled by spirit or by word or by letter. Evidently, some false teachers had sent a letter to the Thessalonian believers claiming that Paul was wrong, and that they're going to have to live through that that tyrannical, satanically inspired seven-year tribulation that the Old Testament prophets talked about. And right. Paul says, no way, that can't possibly be the case, and don't, don't forget what I told you. So again, I say to our listeners, don't forget about the good news. Uh, and when people uh, out there are giving bad information and bad theology and mishandling Scripture and suggesting that, you know, there is no rapture, that, you know, there's only one return of Christ, and it's after the tribulation, uh, boy, uh, you know, don't let them shake you or trouble you uh, and, and heed those words of, of, uh, of Paul. So it's a comforting message. And, uh, and so then uh, another passage, another key passage, the fourth one. So we've looked at 1 Thessalonians 4, the flagship passage about the rapture. We've looked at John 14, Jesus' intimate teaching in the upper room. 2 Thessalonians 2, all of which so far clearly strike a note of comfort and encouragement. But what about Paul's letter uh, to Titus? Uh, Paul wrote this near the end of his life and ministry is the next to the last letter that he wrote in the summer of 66 AD. Uh, Paul was martyred sometime around late 67, early 68 AD. So he's writing this pastoral epistle. And uh, listen to what he says in verse 13, Titus 2 13, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now let me ask you something Curtis are troubling disconcerting uh scary things something that you hope for?
0: Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> of course not. If it's a and not only is this a hope, but, but Paul refers to the rapture here as a blessed hope. Blessed I mean this hope, is yes. this is a divinely given a hope and ordained a hope. And so Again, don't forget about the good news. I mean, the rapture is uh is something that will be a joyous occasion and it will be right. incredible when we experience that glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And by the way, I want to mention here not not to get too theological in this uh, podcast because I want I'm trying to just kind of highlight some of the positive and and, and comforting things about this doctrine so that we don't forget about the good news. But uh, I always like to point out that the rapture, while it is a rescue, no question, Galatians 1-4 says he's going to rescue us from this present evil age. It does not uh, rescue us from trouble or hardship or persecution. The Bible plainly teaches, and Jesus himself taught, in that same upper room discourse, that believers are going to face trouble. So We're not suggesting, nor does anybody who correctly teaches the doctrine of the rapture, suggest that the rapture is going to rescue us before things get bad. I mean, let's face it, Curtis, things are already bad right now.
0: And <laughs> I, think, I think they qualify as pretty bad, yeah.
1: And, and many believers across the world have faced unspeakable persecution and martyrdom over the last 2,000 years and are doing so today. So yeah, yeah. we're not saying when we talk about the rapture as a rescue, uh, that it's a rescue from trouble. What we're saying is that is, according to Scripture, it's a rescue from the great day of the Lord's wrath. That's
0: right.
1: Which we will not have to experience it. We will not be here during the seven-year tribulation. Um, right. And so that's what's so hopeful about it. I mean, why would call, Paul call it a blessed hope? And why would he tell us in First Thessalonians 4.18 to comfort one another with the hope of the rapture if in fact the rapture wasn't going to happen until after the tribulation. I mean, exactly. it makes no sense at all. In other words, what people who who think the church is going to go through the tribulation are suggesting is that Paul's argument goes like this. Dear believer, you're going to have to face unspeakable horrors for seven years because of the Antichrist. He's going to demand that you worship him. He's going to cut off your heads if you don't. He's going to demand that you take the mark of the beast. You're going to be fleeing for your lives. You're going to have to flee your homes. You're not going to have any means to buy or sell. You're not going to have uh, any... Uh, protection. You're going to be hunted down. You're going to hide out in the caves and in the hills, and you're going to have to do this for seven years. And oh, by the way, on top of the Antichrist's wrath that's being uh, organized through Satan himself, the wrath of God's going to be being poured out on earth through the sealed trumpet and bowl judgment. And it's going to be uh, a time of the most profound trouble ever seen before on earth, as Jesus describes it. So therefore, brother, comfort one another with that information. I mean, there's nothing comforting about that whatsoever. Uh, So the comfort in the blessed hope is found that God is going to call us to meet him in the air prior to uh, the tribulation. So Titus uh, 2.13 is another key rapture passage that speaks of hope. And then Let's move now to the fifth passage, and I've only got one more after this that I want to focus on, but in First Corinthians chapter 15, you know, Paul wrote 1 Corinthians in, uh, I think it's 56, 57 AD uh, on his third missionary journey, and he's writing to a pretty troubled church, and it is not uh, as much of an eschatological b- b- letter as First and Second Thessalonians are, though he touches quite a bit on uh, end times themes in both 1st and 2nd Corinthians, but uh, he wrote it in the early spring of 56 AD from Ephesus, and and it's another great rapture passage beginning in 1st Corinthians 15, starting in verse 50, and here's where we learn that this doctrine of the rapture is in fact a mystery. He says, now I say to you, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's why we have to have our glorified bodies, and that's why there's a resurrection. Nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. That's the Greek word mysterion, and again, it it means, you know, something that was previously unrevealed, but now is being revealed. He says, here it is, we shall not all sleep, that is, we shall not all die, but we shall, but we all shall be changed. In other words, there is a generation of believers who won't have to face physical death. And, and Curtis, I hope it's this generation, don't you?
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, do
1: yeah. Come, Lord Jesus, Maranatha, but someday, based on the promise of, of scripture, there will be a group that does not have to face death. But even still, whether you've died or not died, at the rapture, you will be changed. If you've already died, then your physical body will be reconstituted and glorified to meet your uh, uh, soul in heaven. If you haven't died, then you'll be translated instantly in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, uh, and we will be, this corruptible will put on incorruption. So he goes on to talk about how this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality, and when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death, is swallowed up in victory quoting there from the prophet Isaiah Amen. and then he goes on to quote uh, Hosea oh death where is your sting oh hades where is your victory right. and then he concludes this passage by saying therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast and immovable always abounding in the work of the lord knowing that your labor is not in vain in the lord right before that verse he says thanks be to god who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now again, Curtis, I would ask, is thankfulness something that is naturally engendered by trouble and persecution and, you know, being distraught over uh, how things are going?
0: No, I would say probably not.
1: Of course not. I mean, we're supposed to give thanks in all things. I understand that. And we're supposed to walk by faith. I get that. But what Paul is, you know, saying here is that the fact that you know, we're going to be raptured as something to be thankful for, and right. and, and to therefore be steadfast and immovable, uh, not be troubled by this doctrine. So once again, we see this concept of don't forget about the good news. You know, God is faithful. Uh, and then I want to close out by going back to First Thessalonians again, this, uh, this great uh, chapter where the doctrine of the rapture was first introduced, because in that same letter is where we get the plain teaching of Scripture that the rapture will happen before the tribulation. Now, it's clearly taught elsewhere, and it's also a theological conclusion based on several uh, passages of Scripture compared together. But in First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10, Paul says, We are to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath, wrath to come from the wrath to come. And in other words, when the wrath comes, the same wrath that in 2 Thessalonians, the audience that Paul was writing to feared and thought had already come in their day. Uh, and by the way, a lot of people do that same thing today. They They look at current events and try to compare it to some of the descriptions of life during the tribulation that we find in the book of Revelation. And they go, oh, this is already happening. Well, yeah you know, we can't do that. We got to start with the Bible. And even though the stage is being set, as I clearly outline in my Spirit of the Antichrist books, and by the way, if 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 listeners, because I know we're picking up new listeners all the time, if you haven't checked those out, just go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org, and you can learn all about uh, those two volumes and uh, purchase them there. Uh, but in those books, I, I, I clearly state that the stage is being set for the tribulation, but that doesn't mean we're in the tribulation, because right. Paul promises that the rapture uh, will will deliver us from that wrath that is still yet to come. We By the have way,
0: not appointed the rapture.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I was just going to go there. But before we leave verse 10, you know, uh, some people try to say, well, we're going to be on the earth for part of the tribulation or some of it or two thirds of it or all of it, you know. And so they say he that word from it's the, it's the Greek preposition oppo. Uh, they say, oh, it means he's going to deliver us from the midst of uh, that's uh, patently false. Uh, no Greek scholar would say that. Uh, from means out from, out from within, Apo. So, I mean, it means out, you know, out not from within, but out from ever experiencing anything of it. It's, it delivers us away from it is the idea, delivers us from it before it happens. And that's where we go on to the verse that you just mentioned in the same book in chapter five, uh, uh, you know, verse nine Paul plainly says, God did not appoint us to wrath, but rather to obtain salvation. The word salvation there means deliverance. It's not talking about our eternal salvation. It's talking about our deliverance from the wrath. He says, God did not appoint us to that wrath, but to obtain deliverance through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, and then in that passage, chapter five is all about, you know, how we should be awake, I quote this often in my article that I mentioned that's uh, on Harbinger's Daily today. Uh, I I mentioned at the end of the article, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verses uh, 4 and 5. Uh, and 6, where he says, you brethren are not in darkness, so that this day, talking about the day of the Lord, the tribulation period, should overtake you as a thief. It's it's not. It's not going to catch us off guard, because we're going to be rescued, as he previously said in the previous chapter, 1 Thessalonians 4. He says, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We're not of the night or darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night, but let us who are of the day be sober, Uh, just as Peter said, be sober and vigilant. He says, let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. In other words, our experience of the rapture is not dependent upon whether we are, uh, you know, looking for him uh, and, and anticipating him or whether we're asleep. There are a lot of sleepy Christians out there, and they're going to be raptured too. But I would rather be raptured, you know, eagerly awaiting the return of the Lord, yeah. looking for him Amen. than one who has apostatized and fallen away from him. Um, right. You know, the, the teaching of scripture is clear that God's going to snatch away all Christians at the rapture, Arpazzo, right. whether they're watchful or unwatchful. That's but right. I hope we're watchful. And then verse 11, 1 Thessalonians 5, very similar to the way he ended the section in chapter 4 about the rapture. He says, therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, uh, just as you are doing. So again, you know, Curtis, is the promise that we are not appointed to experience the wrath of God is the promise that we're going to be rescued uh, from the day of the Lord before it happens, uh, from the wrath. Uh, is that a comforting promise or a troubling promise?
0: Well, that's a comforting promise to me.
1: Amen. And so don't forget about the good news. And right. you know, the, the rapture is a blessed hope. Uh, you know, we have an epigraph in my book, What Lies Ahead? A Biblical Overview of the End Times that walks you through biblically the entire plan of the ages uh, and end times uh, plan. The epigraph is that verse, so it's Titus 2.13, you know. The blessed hope of uh, our Lord, and so uh, I hope that our listeners today will take comfort, just as the the readers of Scripture in their original audience did, in knowing that where there's a rescue coming. I realize it's it's been two thousand years, and hope certainly does tend to wane. Um, but I tell you, I'm I don't claim to have any inside information. No man knows the hour; we can't set the date. But I can right. promise you, based on my studied research, both. Uh, from a theological perspective and a current events perspective, uh, it's it's got to be soon. I just uh, I, that's my gut feeling. I'll be shocked if uh, if it's not soon. And people need to be ready. Um, what does that mean to be ready? Well, if you're listening to this program or someone forwarded you this podcast or maybe you stumbled upon <coughs> it on the internet and you don't know the Lord Jesus you need to heed the urgent warning that today is the day of salvation. You need to place your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died and rose again, to pay your personal penalty for sin, because He's the only one that can give you eternal life, and He does it only one way, by trusting in Him for it. And uh, so, trust in Jesus today. And if you're a believer listening to this, let me encourage you to fall in love with the doctrine of the rapture all over again. Don't argue about it. Don't feel like it has to be defended. Don't treat it as a theological treatise or ping pong ball that needs to be bandied about. It is a message of comfort. Embrace it and take comfort and take hope in the fact that Jesus Christ is coming again. Amen, Curtis?
0: Amen. What a wonderful and blessed encouragement God has given us here and and a, a promise. It's not just an encouragement. It is a promise, and uh, we we would do good to remember that. And we're we're also told to love His appearing.
1: Oh, Amen! Yeah, and
0: that and that, you know when you love something or someone, what does that mean to you, JB? Does it mean you you kind of just pass by it once or twice a day and say, "Yeah, yeah there you are, I love you, bye"? Uh, no, <laughs> you, you spend time with it. You 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 concentrate on it. You. You you don't you know you don't obsess about it, but you're always aware that you're paying attention to it, and that's what we're supposed to do. And uh, uh, listen, I'm glad that you brought this uh, as a subject today, as subject matter today, JB, because we do need some encouragement, especially nowadays. It's it's uh, there are some troubling times ahead, and uh, while we need to be aware of those things and it's good to be aware of those things, it's even better to remember the promise and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And so thank you for bringing this to the forefront today. Really appreciate it. And I know our listeners do too.
1: Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And uh, just thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, you know, Stay in touch. Uh, check it out. Check us out at notbyworks.org. Check out the Christian Underground News Network, and they have a lot of other great uh, podcasts and teachers uh, like my friends, uh, Lucas and Pastor Dick. Um, but also want to remind you that at the back of both of my Spirit of the Antichrist books, we have a section on why this all matters in which it, it encourages believers of, of what to do with this information. So, uh, you know, we do need to be aware and prepared. Uh, but we don't want to be depressed and discouraged. And so, uh, you know, check those books out at spiritoftheantichrist.org. And uh, Curtis, I can't wait already till, till the next time. I wish we could just uh, you know, <laughs> check out a time machine and fast forward to March and, or February rather and do this again.
0: Amen. Well, we're, we're going to be uh, just one time this month, JB, as we discussed earlier, but we'll probably go to, to an every other week uh, format for you and I uh come the month of february so um let's let's just look forward to that for right now i think i think we'll be able to do that um pastor dick uh is slowing down a little bit in his in his retirement years and and uh, has chosen to do one one a month uh i haven't talked with lucas yet but uh lucas will probably be open to doing two a month uh but we'll see we'll see about that that's yet to be determined But nonetheless, uh, I want to remind our listeners to tune in with us this Saturday morning uh, as Pastor Dick uh, talks to us about Psalm 2. Psalm 2. I'm not going to tell you any more than that, but uh, we're going to discuss a little bit about why things are the way they are right now and uh, what God's going to do about it. And uh, so you're not going to want to miss it. Be with us this Saturday morning at 10 a.m. and then 7 p.m. Saturday night with Lucas Doremus. Lucas is going to be doing uh, opening a study on uh, creation, the creation series. I think you're going to enjoy it and you'll be edified by that. JB, thank you once again for being with us this Tuesday morning. Uh, You are a great blessing to our ministry. And uh, and we hope that, that uh, we're being a great blessing uh, together to all of our listeners, don't we?
1: Amen. My pleasure. Absolutely. And uh, thanks again. It's always a joy and uh, look forward to next time.
0: Me too, my brother. And for the time being, until Saturday morning, this is the Christian Underground News Network signing off for now. May God bless and keep you until Saturday morning. Goodbye.